Lord, we, we know that is who you are, God. We thank you for, Lord, all your power, Lord, the greatness of your power. Thank you that your Holy Spirit is even here right now moving. I pray that your Spirit would anoint your word today, God. And Lord Jesus, we know you are love. That's one of your character, Lord. Lord, help us not only know it, but help us to be impacted by your love, so much so that we would never, ever want to leave you and always, always want to be with you no matter what. So, Jesus, we ask that you would just pour your love out upon us even right now as your Spirit fills us up with an overflowing cup. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, tonight we're going to return to Luke chapter 5, and we're going to be covering verses 12 through 16 tonight. 12 through 16. I've titled the message, The Uncommon Compassion, as we talk about how Jesus goes against, really, the way the world thinks and the the world's way and touches a leper and heals him. And that's why I call it the uncommon compassion. I mean, it's, it's, it's really different than maybe what we see in the world today. And, you know, I was thinking about here and there through the years I've, I've gotten hurt surfing, whether it was this or that or hitting the reef or whatever. But a long time ago, uh, um, my surfboard fin cut open like the inside part of my uh, right foot. And uh, it, 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 it was like I felt it. And then I, I, I looked at it in the water, and you could see, like, the meat, you know, of it. And I thought, oh, I better go inside. So I paddled in. My friend and I, we, we, we um, paddled in and uh, at the beach, tore off a little towel, tied it around my foot. And uh, i I never forget, a man came over and was like, oh, you should use a white towel. I don't think you should, this is all I have, you know, kind of thing. But anyway, so all wrapped up, grabbed my board, and we limped, limped down the trail heading back to the car. It was like half a mile away. Well, my friend was with me, felt kind of sorry, so he said, give me a board. I said, why? Give me a board, give me a board, and I'll carry you. I go, no, that's okay. I'll, I'll walk, I'll limp, you know. He goes, no, he kept, he felt really bad for me, and so finally I gave in, and he took both boards in his two arms, and then he said, jump on my back. So I jumped on his back, and so he carried two boards and me. We were going down the trail heading for our car. Well, his um, Good Samaritan thing didn't very last too long because as, as soon as um, my friend who was carrying me saw some people coming the other way, coming down to the beach on the trail, he's like, get off, get off. I was like, okay, I guess you didn't feel that bad for me, huh? <laughs> you know. But such a such compassion, right? What a great friend. We laugh about it, you know. I, mean, I ended up with like eleven stitches there, and and you can still see kind of a faint scar on, on my foot. But anyway, isn't that the way human nature is? Isn't that the way where I? I mean, I've done things like that where, in order to preserve my pride or put myself first, right? I put compassion aside, you know, toward other people. And it's, it's common. I mean, that's just the way the world is sometimes, you know, and you've got to watch out for that. But you know what? I'm glad the Lord is not like that at all. His compassion doesn't just last for a moment, you know. But the Lord's compassion, it keeps going on and it never fails. Matter of fact, Lamentations 322 and verse 23 says, The Lord's loving kindness never ceases, 
for his compassions never fail. In then Lamentations 3, 22, uh, 23, the next verse says, They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And I love that. I, I, sometimes I just wake up and I think about that scripture. I say, God, thank you. I could wake up today and your compassions are upon me. So that's what we're going to see tonight, really, is the uncommon compassion of Jesus and what he showed to the leper. Now we're going to be studying Luke chapter 5 from verse 12 through 16 tonight. Verse 12 through 16. And we're going to see three things. Number one, this is our outline. The one who came to Jesus... Number two, the one who put out his hand. And number three, the one who must get glory. So that's our outline. Really, that's going to be our points, too, as we go. But let's take a look. Number one here now. The one who came to Jesus. The one who came to Jesus. Now, this is going to be covering verse 12 in this first section. So Luke chapter 5, verse 12. Take a look with me. It says, While he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And we'll stop right there. Now we begin here. Luke is writing here this gospel. And he says, while he, that's Jesus, was in one of the cities. And what city? Well, he's talking about one of the cities or towns that are in the area of Galilee. You remember last week, Jesus was on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, that lake in the northern area of Israel. And that's where, remember, he called the disciples after they had that big catch of fish. If you miss it, you can catch the podcast or watch our YouTube channel and catch the study. But so he's in the area of Galilee. And so Luke goes on. So while he was in one of the cities, so they're in one of the towns, one of the cities in the area, in the northern area of Galilee. And so Jesus is out doing ministry. The disciples are with them. They're going out doing ministry throughout that area. Well, when he is in one of these, this unnamed city, this man full of leprosy saw Jesus. Now, he was, this man wasn't like partial, it wasn't partial leprosy. He was full on. He has leprosy. He was full on contracted that disease. And, and he saw Jesus and he ran to Jesus and he fell before him. Now, understand that, get the picture here, for this leper now, full on leprosy on him, to come right up to Jesus is really not acceptable back then because leprosy was his fear disease it was incurable back then and and so oh everyone's like whoa 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 you know and here's this leprous man already right up to jesus coming right up to him leprosy still exists in our world today it's called hansen's disease but there is it can be treated but in ancient times there was no cure there was, there was no cure at all. And so that's why there was this fear. And if you contracted leprosy, you became this outcast of society. You could no longer live with your family. You could no longer see your family or friends at all. Basically, you were quarantined. And you were banished to live outside the city in the leper colony or the leper area where all the lepers went to live. I was thinking it's like back, uh, I think it was 1948, right? Kalapapa and uh, uh, Paupa and uh, Molokai became the leper 
area, right? And crazy, even back then, they, they would boat them there and they would just jump in, have them jump in the ocean and they had to swim to shore and fend for themselves. But we know the story with Father Damien and some of the other nuns and nurses that came and cared for them. But that's, that's that idea back then and even in you know, our recent times that, you know, leprosy was feared and you didn't want to catch it and there was no cure. I think it was in 1981 when the WHO finally got a treatment for bringing cure. But back then... Oh, you were quarantined, you couldn't see your family or anything like that. And on top of that, as a Jewish person, you could not go to the temple and worship the Lord anymore. Because if you contracted leprosy, you were considered unclean, ceremonially unclean. And so you, 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 you couldn't get um, to the temple, you couldn't go worship the Lord, none of that. You, so, so you can see how, how they, they were basically quarantined, ostracized, outcasts of the society. There were also rules that were put in place. If you were a leper or lepers, they had to keep a, a social distance. I like using that word because I think, well, today we know that word, social distance of, guess what, six feet. You had to keep six feet social distance, and we're kind of familiar with that today. But you know what? If you were, if the leper was down, uh, uh, or you were downwind of the leper, the leper had to stay 150 feet away. And that there was those rules, you know, put in place because everyone feared uh, catching leprosy. And then if a leper were to approach people, they would way ahead of time. They they would have to start yelling, "Unclean! Unclean! Unclean!" I mean, really good for your self-esteem there, right? But th that's the way it was. So what this leper did now, what we're seeing in verse 12 where he came, he saw Jesus and he fell on his face right before him. This is like unheard of. You know, th this is not common for anyone to do and anyone to see. So then the leper here, he comes to Jesus, falls on his face and begs Jesus now. And it says here in the end of verse 12, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Now the word Lord here in the original language is the Greek word kurios. And we, I mentioned that the other day or last week, I believe. And it means basically Lord God. So this leper understood this is Jesus and calling him the Lord God. And he, he falls on his face and he's begging Jesus, basically, look, if, if, if you will, you can make me clean. So you can see the beggar knows that Jesus, he could for sure heal him. But the question, would, Jesus, would he heal him? So here's the beggar knowing who this is. This is the Lord God, Kyrios, and knowing he's going to heal him. And so he's hoping that the Lord will be able to heal him. So notice it says here, and begged him. You know, I pictured the leprous man falling on his face and just begging Jesus in desperation. You can almost hear that desperate sound in his voice. Please heal me. But he didn't use that word heal. Look at, at the end of verse 12. He uses the word clean here. And I, I was just thinking about that word. Now, um, remember I mentioned to you that lep, uh, a, a, a leprous person was unclean ceremonially. But there's a little bit more to that too. Back in the ancient times, this sickness, this leprosy, 
was believed to be a curse upon the individual who received it. I mean, in the Old Testament, we see that. Remember Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, wanted to get the money after the miracle, and he went after the money, and then God judged him with the leprosy. Or King Uzziah, he went in the temple. I mean, he was a good king, one of the good kings of, his, uh, of, of, of the nation, and he... he, he um, uh, God blessed him, everything, got all proud, and he thought, well, he can go in the temple himself and, and, and offer up the incense, which was only for the job of the priest. Well, he got leprosy because of that sin. So it, it was believed in the ancient time when he got sick like this that, oh, it's because of a curse, it's because you're being judged because of sin. Now, we understand, and we have taught this already, even in recent times, that you know, sickness, it, it, we just live in a fallen world. So we're going to, there's sickness around. There's sin in the world, fallen world. So it's going to be going around. And yeah, sometimes your sin will bring on sickness, whether it's sexual sin or maybe you didn't take your Sabbath. You know, your rest and you worked too hard and your immune system went down and got sick and you should have, you know, took taken, your, taken that Sabbath time of rest. Or, and sometimes, as I mentioned just a couple weeks ago, right, that even... Satan himself couldn't afflict people as I talked about in Job. But in, in this time, the, the common thinking was the leprosy was because of sin. So I tend to think this, that the leper was not only an outcast, but I believe he felt so unworthy and he fell before the Lord because of his own sin. And he felt like that's what he was being judged of with the leprosy. So when he says clean here, I, I picture that. Not just the leprosy, not just being healed, but being healed of sin, being forgiven and cleansed of sin. Either way, however we may look at that, and you can study this on your own. Leprosy, though, in the Bible is like a, a picture of sin. John MacArthur wrote, the leper's approach to Jesus graphically illustrates penitent sinners approach to him they come in desperation casting aside their self-righteous efforts to save themselves as the filthy garments that they are isaiah 64 6 so so i picture this guy coming in this desperation approaching jesus because you know what he cannot do anything on his own here he cannot fix his situation and like leprosy there's no way at this time without the lord to do something about it so he's like coming to jesus in desperation approaching him doing what no one would ever do a leprosy a leper should ever do and he runs to jesus knowing only jesus can help him so what we see here is the one who came to jesus is a leper desperate to be cleansed so I want you to see that there. The one who came to Jesus is a leper desperate to be cleansed. A while back, I, I, I ran into an old co-worker and I hadn't seen in years. And after, you know, you say, hey, how you doing? How's it? All this stuff. And then you, um, you give each other updates and stuff. And then, and, and when I worked with her, she knew I was a pastor, right? So she's kind of, after that, she looks at me like, oh, um, you know, um, uh, I, I I should be in church. I should I should get to church and and and. But then she said this. Um, but you know, don't fall over when you see me in church one day. I need to fix some things before I come. I need to take care of some things in my life first. 
And, you know, I told her to that, you know what? Just come. It's okay. Just come just as you are. Just come, like the song. You know, I told her, just come and let Jesus fix you. Let Jesus take care of whatever those things you, you don't feel like. Because, you know what? You, you cannot do this on your own. And, and I think sometimes we have to realize that and get to that point. That, you know, no matter how hard I try or what I've done, I cannot fix myself here. And like the leper, we need to realize I can't do anything to heal myself of this sin and be cleansed of sin. Maybe... You're in a desperate place. Maybe, maybe you happen to be connecting online and you happen to come to this part and you're hearing this. Maybe you're in a desperate place. Maybe like the leper, you, you want to be a person again. I mean, think about this. This leprosy made the person like a, a zombie, basically, you know, walking dead kind of thing. This leper wanted to be with his family again. Maybe the sin and the consequences have, have really kept you from your family or or maybe like this leper wanted to go to the temple and worship again. You feel like, ah, oh, I can't come church. But you know what? When you just come to Jesus, he's the one who fixes you. And, and, and if you're like that, that's what you do. You go straight to Jesus. You go to him. You approach him. You go to him. And, and don't let what society says, oh, no, you shouldn't go to church or you got to fix yourself. No, don't let that keep you from Jesus because Jesus is the only one who can heal you, cleanse you, and, 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 and bring you to that place of being whole again. So this is the leper who came to Jesus. Let's go to number two now, the one who put his put out his hand. The one who put out his hand. And so this is verse 13 now, Luke chapter 5, 13. It says, And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. So th- this is amazing here, if, if you think about it. So here's this leper, right? And 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 what did Jesus do? How did he respond here? What did he do? Well, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. Can you believe that? Jesus did the unthinkable and touched the untouchable here. This was because of his love and care. This was the uncommon compassion for someone to do. I mean, no one would do that. Now you got to understand, here's this leprous guy falling down before him and maybe looking up at him. you got to understand that, that with leprosy, you have all these sores all over. They're oozing. Yeah, they're really gross. And, and they even say, like, it can deform your face. They, I think there was, they call it like a lion's disease because your, your face, like, morphs into this lion-looking thing. And, and so, so his face is all disfigured. And then because of, of the leprosy, um, like if you get in your hands and arms and, and feet and stuff, you, you lose the feeling in your nerves. So many people with leprosy, they'll like uh, have missing fingers or, or toes or things like that because they don't feel anything and they'll just like maybe cookie and put their hand in the fire and like, oh yeah, oh your hand's on fire, oh you know, kind of thing. And they'll actually lose, like, fingers and stuff like that. So you can imagine this guy's all deformed face, all sores all over, missing, you know, digits and fingers and things like that. And he, he's just, he just looks gross and nasty. 
And here Jesus stretches out his hand and touches him. I can imagine disciples like they were around Jesus, but when the leprous man came up, they're like slowly, like, whoa, backing away. You know, but here's Jesus, he didn't move. And imagine the shock with when Jesus just reaches out and touches him. Yeah. I could hear uh, the voices in, in the disciples' heads saying, No, Jesus, no, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. I mean, if he does it, he'll be unclean, right? Considered unclean. You know what the rabbis were, would say that next to touching a dead person is a leprous man. And if you touch a dead person or a leprous man, you'd be considered unclean and you've got to go to this whole ritual process to be cleansed again. Can you imagine? So Jesus... He stretched out his hand, touched him, and at the same time saying, I will be clean. Remember, the leprous man said, If you will, you can make me clean. And so Jesus answered, said, I will. I do. I want to. That is my heart. I want to make you clean. I care for you. I want to heal you. And I want to make you clean. So he says, I will. He says, um, be clean. And just by his word, the power of Jesus goes out. And immediately the leprosy left him. Can you imagine his face goes, starts, you know, from that deformed thing, comes, comes back like a normal guy again. You know, the, the skin all over his hands and everything comes, comes back. And, and then um, his, maybe his fingers grow again if they were missing. Can you imagine that? And his skin is like baby skin now. And he's like a normal human being that didn't even look like he contracted leprosy at all. Immediately that happened and the leprosy left him. Amazing. Jesus healed him. You know why? Because he loves him. Because of this uncommon compassion toward him, he reached out, touched him, and healed him. And the uh, sovereign love responded with sovereign power. That's love. That's Jesus there. I was thinking about that. I was thinking about how in... Matter of fact, turn over there in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3. I think they'll put it on the screen too, but... But perhaps I want you to see this verse with your own eyes. Jeremiah 31, verse 3, it says, The Lord appeared to him from far away, saying this, I have loved you with an everlasting love, therefore I have continued my faithfulness to you. Don't you love it? I have loved you with this everlasting love, this eternal love. It never ends. And that's the love that's pouring out of Jesus onto this leprous man in Luke chapter 5. So what we see back in Luke chapter 5 is the one who put out his hand is Jesus with his touch of love. I love this story. I love the compassion there. People would, would just back away. Many disciples back away. People would stay far away, but... Jesus, he didn't move. Matter of fact, he went more closer by stretching out his hand and touching him and healing him. That's the uncommon compassion. And the one who put out his hand is Jesus. Is Jesus with his touch of love. 
You know, I read this story about this um, speaker at this, uh, I think it was a Christian college, and he started his talk by um, holding up a, a $20 bill. Held up a $20 bill, and he, he said, he, he, asked, he, he asked everyone in the room, who wants this $20 bill? And almost 200, you know, all 200 hands basically went up in that room. And so the speaker's like, one of you will get it, but first let me do this. He took the $20 bill and he went and crumbled it all up. Then he opened his hand and held it out and said, who still wants this bill? And all the hands went up. Everyone still wanted it. Well, then he took that crumpled $20 bill and he threw it on the ground, just stomped on it and just you know, pushed his foot down into, into the bill and everything. Then he picked it up and he said, who still wants the $20 bill? And so all the hands went up in the air. Then this speaker then brought in this lesson. No matter what happened to the money, it did not decrease the value. It's still worth $20. And he said, so it is our lives. Even though crumpled, dropped, smashed, unclean and dirty, God still values us. He loves us and seeks to rescue us. Isn't that awesome? I love that. You see, God hates the sin, but he loves the sinner. That's what it is. His compassion is there because of his great everlasting love. And he wants to save. He wants to rescue. He wants to heal. He wants to cleanse. He wants to bring us into that closeness with him and deliver us from that grasp of evil in our lives. You know, tonight, no matter how you feel, no matter maybe you came in or you're connected online, you guys, and you know what? Jesus is stretching his hand out to you. He wants to touch you. He wants to save you. All we need to do is approach and come to him to give everything, our whole life to him. Say, Jesus, I, I, I can't do anything without you. I need you. And Jesus is right there. He's the one who put his, out his hand to a leper. Let's go on to number three, our last heading now. The one who must get the glory. The one who must get the glory. We've seen the one who came to Jesus, and that's a desperate leper. The one who put out his hand, and we know Jesus Christ. And now the one who must get the glory. This is the rest of our verses here, verses 14 through 16. But take a look at 14 verse. And he, that's Jesus, charged him, the, le- the healed leper, to tell no one. But go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded for a proof to them. So Jesus, after this leprous man is healed, I'm sure he's amazed, the disciples are amazed, everyone around is going, whoa, whoa, he's healed. So Jesus is straight with him. Jesus says, hey, don't tell anybody. But here's what you do. You go straight to the priest and show yourself to the priest and, you, and make the proper offering for your, your cleansing, like Moses said. Now, this goes back to Leviticus chapter 14. And it goes back to how there's an eight-day process for a healed leper to show himself to the priest. The priest checks him out, supposed to wash his clothes, supposed to bathe himself, go make an offering, uh, go back to the priest after a certain number of days, I think it's the eighth day. Oh, there's a whole step and process. And the eighth day, he comes back to the priest and the priest says, checks him out. All right, you, got, you are healed. And he is officially declared healed 
And then he's released. He can go back into society. He can go back to his family. He can go back worshiping in the temple. And so that is the process for the uh, healed leper to do. And I like that because Jesus is like, hey, you got to follow the word here. You know, I think that's the first thing is that let's let's follow the word. Let's do what the word and then you can be officially accepted approval, stamp of approval and say you're, you're officially healed. But even more so at the end of verse 14, it says for a proof to them. And I think it's more than just the 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 process that the priest will see as a proof that you are healed. But I think it was also to show the priests, the religious leaders, that this man who has had leprosy is healed. I mean, this doesn't happen every day. This probably hasn't ever happened in the lifetime of all the religious leaders at all. They've only read about it in the Old Testament. And now before them is a man who had leprosy and now he's healed. And it would be a proof to them the man is actually healed. They went through the proper steps. And then it shows what? Jesus is the Messiah God. And I believe that was part of the, the, the witness and light that Jesus wanted this man to give to specifically the religious leaders. Well, look at verse 15. It says, but now even more, the report went about or the report about him went abroad and great cloud, crowds <laughs> gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities so luke says but now after this even more so big crowds are coming around because of this leprous man that got healed and they want to get healed of their infirmities also they wanted to hear jesus and they want want to go see this miracle working person there well what we don't read here is filled in in both Mark chapter 1 and Matthew 8. In the parallel gospel story in the Gospels over there, they both tell us that, yes, Jesus told the man, tell no one. But you know what? They both tell us that he, he, didn't, he didn't keep it to himself. He didn't keep quiet. He went around telling everybody. So that's what happened here is then even more then more crowds came because he went around telling everyone he was supposed to just keep it to himself, go straight to the priest, get officially uh, uh, stamped approval that you're healed, and then he could go into society. But this caused a lot more people to come, and the crowds got bigger. And Mark, I think it was Mark 1 tells us that it got so big that he could, Jesus could not enter into the towns anymore. And think about that now. Remember his ministry, we've been reading here and studying that Jesus would go into a town, go into the synagogue, teach the word, yeah, heal some people and, and do all that. But that was the way he was doing ministry. But after this, it changed ministry. He could not go into the towns. Now he had to stay out more in the open and people came to him and, and all. But, you know, it, it wasn't just for that that Jesus said, don't tell anybody. It wasn't just for that. I think Jesus knew what was going to happen. But he told him not to do that. And I think it was like with the demons. Don't tell, he told the demons, don't say who I am, you know, kind of thing, if you remember that. Jesus didn't want him, want all this to be broadcast because his ministry is not about the miracles, but it's about the word. 
It's not about so much about, I mean, it is, he, he has compassion, he wants to hear, uh, heal. I mean, it's not so much, I should say, about the physical healing, but it's the spiritual healing that was most important. More important than the miracle was the word that saves a soul. Warren Wiersbe said, Jesus was not impressed by these great crowds, for he knew that most of the people wanted only his healing power and not his salvation. We talked about that, I think, just the other week or last week, I don't remember. But we talked about that, yeah, that people would follow him for the miracles and not so much the word, but the word what was, is what is important. So he just wanted guys to keep quiet, do what the word says, follow that. You know, let it be a witness so you can continue ministry. But more than that, he didn't want to make it all about the miracle, but about the word. So then with that in mind, look at verse 16. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Now, I think it's interesting that uh, uh, Luke inserts this here in between this other story. Next week, we're going to look at the the healing of the paralytic which is really as luke heads into is this whole forgiveness thing and so that's why i kind of hinted on forgiveness with the leprous man too but it's interesting luke puts in in verse 16 and he would withdraw now we know jesus would regularly go to the to the desolate to the out in the country to go pray connect with god we talked about uh um, as a uh uh being God, but being human too, he he lived by the strength of the Spirit and connecting with God and the strength of God and in that way as an example for us. But anyway, if you we know he did that, but I think it's interesting, Luke inserted here in verse 16, it, this thought that he would withdraw. And I keyed in on that, the word withdraw, that he, he, he withdrew. He left the crowds. He went to pray, but... Luke writes, withdraw, I think, to show that Jesus is not about the crowds. Yeah, Jesus is not about getting glory from the crowds. But you know what he's about? Giving glory to the Father so he'd go and pray. Jesus withdrew, not just for strength, but I think to go and pray to the, the Father and say, hey, I just want to give you glory in this. You know, we know the mission for Jesus, right, is to come and and die on the cross, rise again, die on the cross for our sins, conquer sin and death, purchase uh, our salvation by paying the penalty for our sin. We know that, right? We also know, as we've been reading, his mission to preach the word, and also his mission was to glorify the Father and do his will. In John 1.14, it says, And the word became flesh, that's Jesus, and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And we know the Father, this was the Father's plan to send Jesus to the earth to die for our sins and all this. So Jesus wanted to do God's will and glorify the Father. In John 14, 9, the second part says, Jesus told Philip, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? So it was representing the Father. And then Jesus said in John 17, 1, when Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. So, 
What I see here, especially with this word withdraw, I see that Jesus wasn't out to seek his glory, yeah, his own glory with all these crowds. No, no, he withdrew, but he wanted to glorify the Father. Jesus didn't want the, the leper to say anything because he, 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 he doesn't want to seek that, that worldly kind of glory. But Jesus want, withdrew to pray. He didn't want people's praise at all, but he wanted to give the Father all the praise. So this is our last point tonight. The one who must get the glory is God the Father who sent Jesus. And that, that's what I see in this last set of verses here. That, that's what Jesus is about. The one who must get the glory is God the Father who sent Jesus. This was the Father's plan. And the, the, the compassion of the Father flows through Jesus and it was all about the Father. Interesting, there's this um, old Jewish legend which says that after God created the world, he called the angels to him and asked them what they thought of it. And one of the angels said, one thing is lacking, the sound of praise to the creator. So the legend says God created music. And, the, and this Jewish legend says, and it was heard in the whisper of the wind and in the song of the birds. And to man also was given the gift of song. I like that. Because it's kind of interesting that we like to worship and sing, you know, and give praise to Jesus. But sometimes, if we have that gift, do we really give the praise to, the, to God, right? I mean, how many singers and songwriters and musicians are making music for their own glory and not God's? Well, that's not Jesus, yeah. Everything he did, it was to the glory of the Father, I hope for you guys, I mean, how many things do we do? You know, we do it so we hope someone will see it. Someone will, will hear it. Someone, someone will give us glory. But you know what? It's better that we sneak away and not feed the flesh. But you know, do what Jesus did. Stop and pray and give the Father glory. That's what's important. That's what we should do. And so, as we close up here, for the Father to send Jesus on this mission, that's the compassion of God. And we see that love in Jesus also. I came across this um, poem, and I'll, I'll, I'll close with this. It says, Jesus, thy touch is still the same, for thou unchanging art. This prayer I offer in thy name, dear Savior, touch my heart. Touch me, O Lord, with healing power, for I am sick with sin. Grant me, O Christ, the heavenly power to heal the plague within. That's what Jesus wants to do, you guys. Through and through, he wants to heal us. Through and through, he's, he's freed us. Through and through, he wants to weed out those things that make us sick, the sin that makes us sick. And you know, as we close up, if you've never received Jesus, this is the time. See his love for you. See, see how he cares for you. Come to him right now and give him your life. Believe in who he is and believe in what he did for you on the cross. And confess your sins. Repent and 
be cleansed and may the Holy Spirit come in and make you a whole new creation in Him. Receive Him now. Look to Jesus for Jesus. He loves like no other. This is the uncommon compassion. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word and thank you for this story. Thank you, God, I can relate to this leper in my own sin. Lord, we can all see how sin can destroy us and corrupt us. And God, maybe we may, we may not look like a leper, but inside, Lord, our sin is leprous. And God, I pray that you would come right now, Lord, as we call out to you and approach you in desperation. We ask that you would, God, do that very thing. Heal us, cleanse us, Lord. Touch us now. God, we want to live for you more, Lord. We, want to, we, we, we don't want to live for ourselves anymore, our pride, God. And Lord, we may feel so unworthy, but thank you, God, for your everlasting love. Thank you for that compassion that never fails. So Jesus, as we worship you tonight, come and touch us. Touch us in our heart. Touch us in our soul, Lord. And may we feel and sense your love like never before. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all.